0: everyone, and welcome to TheHorse.com's Ask the Vet Live. I'm your host, Michelle Anderson, digital editor of TheHorse.com. Today our topic is Common Respiratory Issues and Treatments, sponsored by Sweet PDZ. We're joined today by Dr. Beth Davis, a board-certified equine internist and professor at Kansas State University, and Dr. Sue Holcomb, a board-certified equine surgeon and professor at Michigan State University. Thank you for joining us, Drs. Davis and Holcomb.
1: Thank you, Michelle, so nice pleasure
0: to be here. To be here. <laughs> we received hundreds of questions on this topic during registration. If you have a question to ask live during our, our broadcast, uh, we ask that you type that into your console. But please wait about 15 minutes until we get into the discussion, uh, just in case we get to some of your questions. Unfortunately, we won't be able to get to all the questions that are submitted, but we'll do, uh, we'll do our best. We have a lot of ground to cover. Uh, we'll also have four live polls for you to participate in. I'm going to let you know as those come up. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and get started. Uh, Dr. Davis, I want to start by asking you to briefly to describe to us the difference between the upper and the lower respiratory systems of the horse.
1: Hi, Michelle. Sure. I think that's a great idea because we're going to certainly refer to these areas as we answer these questions. and so. When we're talking about the upper respiratory tract, um, we're often talking about the respiratory components of the head, and they're going to include those structures in the head to the level of the upper trachea that include the throat area as well. And then when we talk about conditions that affect the lower respiratory tract, we're really talking about conditions that would affect the lower portion of the trachea and the lungs and structures associated with that lower
0: portion. And today's fo- focus is going to be on the upper respiratory tract. Um, Dr. Davis, can you tell us what structures make up the upper respiratory system?
1: Absolutely, and I think, uh, and again, a, a good area to give everybody a little bit of background. So, as far as that upper respiratory system, we're talking about those structures located in the head, and so things as simple as kind of the lining of the respiratory tract, but Specifically, the structures that we'll be talking about are things like the nasal passages, the sinuses, or what we call the paranasal sinuses, the guttural pouches and conditions that might affect the guttural pouches, and the larynx or the area of the throat of the horse and that area of the
0: trachea just in that region of the upper respiratory tract. Okay. And, and Dr. Holcomb, what are the, what's the primary function of the upper respiratory tract?
2: Well, the functions of the upper respiratory tract are are probably similar in all species. So if you think about why you use your airway, it's going to be similar for horses. Horses use their airway to breathe, as we do. They use their airway to vocalize when they communicate with each other. And oddly enough, uh, parts of the upper airway are also used for swallowing. Um, Certainly not the same parts where the air is moving to the lung, but part of the same muscles that we use and horses use for breathing are also used for swallowing. Um, and horses are unique because as they exercise, they, have to, they really stress their airway muscles more um, and more than we do. And if it's okay, I'll, I'll sort of move into the next question, which is horses are unique because they can only breathe through their nose. They can't open their mouth to breathe. So they are able to dilate their nostrils and dilate their airway passages so that they can just breathe through their nose. If you think about how you respond if you are on a treadmill or you go out for a run or you have to carry a big bag of laundry upstairs, you will open your mouth to breathe, and that's because it's easier for you, and horses can't do that. And it's because of their anatomy, the way their larynx is positioned in their throat. So they have to be able to dilate their upper airway so that they can breathe harder when they exercise. And sometimes horses have trouble with those muscles. They have trouble because they can't dilate their airway appropriately. And that's why some horses get into trouble when they exercise.
0: And so horses only being able to breathe from their their nose, we call them obligate nasal breathers then, is that correct? That's exactly right. They are obligate
2: nasal breathers. And in fact, human infants are actually obligate nasal breathers for the first uh, sort of 7 to 14 days. It's, it's, it's hard to know exactly when people switch over to be able to breathe Uh, with their mouth as well as their nose. And there are some other species. Rats, for instance, can only breathe through their nose.
0: And so what are some of the common issues, Dr. Holcomb, that we see in the upper respiratory tract?
2: Yeah, so some of these problems that horses have relate to the fact that they are obligate nasal breathers. Horses have a soft palate, just like we do, and a, a dog would have a soft palate. Um, You can find your soft palate in your own mouth if you take your tongue and run it along the roof of your mouth and back a little further and you'll feel where the tissue gets very soft. That's your soft palate. Horses um, can develop a snoring problem during exercise and that's where their soft palate displaces on top of their voice box or the larynx and it obstructs their airflow and that's called dorsal displacement of the soft palate. It's actually a similar syndrome to sleep apnea in people, except it happens to horses when they're exercising intensely. Horses can also collapse their pharynx, and that's a problem in the horse again because the horse is an obligate nasal breather. Horses can have trouble with their larynx, which is the voice box area. Um, If the muscles aren't working, they can develop something called laryngeal hemiplegia, um, or you may have heard of that as roaring. Um, and then sometimes the epiglottis, uh, which is a almost like a tongue piece of cartilage, it is part of the larynx, it can have its own special issues. It can become entrapped or become inflamed. So there are a lot of different things that can happen to the airway of the horse. Okay.
0: So, uh, Dr. Holcomb, you just described several structural issues. With, with the horse's upper respiratory system. Dr. Davis, can you tell us a little bit about the infectious diseases that can affect the upper airway? Absolutely. Um, there, there are a few
1: different things that we need to consider when we talk about infectious disease affecting the upper respiratory tract of horses. And some of the organisms that can cause problems of the upper respiratory tract include things like bacteria, viruses, and even sometimes fungal organisms. Can cause infection and serious problems in our in our equine patients. And so, um, examples of some of these conditions, when we look at bacterial disease that causes a problem, probably the best example of that is going to be horses that suffer from strangles or the bacteria called Streptococcus equi, and that can cause quite a lot of inflammation of the upper respiratory tract, a lot of nasal discharge, infection involving the guttural pouches quite commonly. And so that's an important infectious disease. And then we also obviously have viral uh, pathogens that can cause problems. And so some of the more common viral pathogens we deal with are things like equine influenza, as well as the equine herpes viruses. And equine herpes virus type 1 and type 4 can both cause upper respiratory signs and clinical disease associated with them, things like fever, depression, but certainly upper respiratory signs are, are a real uh, possibility in those uh, infected with them. And then we sometimes even have infection that involves specific areas uh, of the upper respiratory tract, such as the guttural pouches, by things like fungal organisms. Not nearly as common, fortunately, because it can really cause serious problems, but we can have infection in the guttural pouch of uh, fungal pathogens and occasionally, but we would classify it as rarely in the nasal passages. We can have fungal infection.
0: Okay, Um, and now I'm gonna go ahead and launch our first poll of the evening. Um, How concerned are you about ammonia and odors in your horse's stall? So you can go ahead, uh, audience, and and answer that. Um, That should be up on your screen. Uh, So our first question of the night from our audience, is to Dr. Holcomb, and it's from Mary Simmons of Kent, Washington. And she says, my horse sounds like a freight train when he canters. Why? (laughs) Uh, Horses can sometimes make a lot of respiratory noise,
2: um, but most horses, when they are, that is not going to be normal. Most horses, uh, I think most people are familiar with the slightly snorting noise that a horse will make as it breathes out or exhales um, during the canter. And so if your horse is making a much louder noise than you're used to hearing, my guess would be that this horse could be a roarer or have the disease called laryngeal hemiplegia. And the way to find out if that's what's going on is to have your veterinarian do something called an endoscopic exam. They take a scope and pass it up the nose and actually look at the throat of the horse. Um, Or is something that can be diagnosed in the resting horse. It's certainly possible. It could be other things. um, But that's the most likely thing.
0: Okay, and Dr. Davis, uh, Janice Bonds of Maple City, Michigan, is asking, uh, do I need to be concerned when my 25-year-old Appaloosa starts breathing harder and more noisily with exercise?
1: Sure, sure. And so I think one thing to consider is whether there has been a change in the horse's breathing pattern over time. Um, And certainly if this is something different than what they've done in the past, then... And really, um, at that age, it it is a little bit concerning and something that we probably want to evaluate and would recommend that your veterinarian evaluate your horse. And things that come to mind for hearing that sort of a scenario are having a really good physical exam performed, identifying whether or not there is anything abnormal, even in the resting horse, um, that might account for problems that might become more, more apparent Uh, when your horse works a little bit harder. And so that's going to be important. And then also um, with some exercise to also evaluate the horse. Sometimes we can see problems in horses that appear to be associated with the respiratory tract that may actually be related to other organ systems. And so that's why a really thorough physical exam can help identify if something else is going on. Even something like a heart murmur or something like a heart arrhythmia that might uh, impair that horse when they do exercise and therefore they breathe a little bit harder. And then even doing things like some baseline blood work, seeing whether the horse is suffering from anemia or something like that. Um, And so the physical exam, basic blood work will help to identify whether other abnormalities are present. And then if everything else is ruled out and it does appear that it's primarily a problem with the respiratory tract then similar to um, what Dr. Holcomb described, and I think what we're going to talk about a few times through the course of these questions is um, endoscopy of the upper respiratory tract might be indicated to identify if there's any abnormalities present.
0: Okay, thank you. And we're about 15 minutes in, and we have a question that's been submitted by one of our audience members uh, that I'd like to toss out to Dr. Davis. Uh, Our our audience member, Colleen, has a 23-year-old thoroughbred who is gray in color and has difficulty in breathing at any gate above the walk. Uh, He he did fox hunt last year, but he has no drainage and coughs without expelling any drainage. Could this be a tumor? He has other tumors throughout his body.
1: Right. Well, sure, that is a little bit of a concern, and it's not uncommon in older gray horses that they develop melanomas. A very large percentage of them do, and so that's um, possibly the the tumors that are seen on the horse. It does sound like the horse needs to be evaluated and, again, um, identify whether it's primarily a respiratory problem, and if so, then certainly a workup of the respiratory tract is indicated to see what that problem is and see if, um, if it can be addressed. But not being able to do exercise above a walk is concerning and certainly warrants evaluation by your veterinarian.
0: We've closed our first poll of the evening. How concerned are you with the ammonia in your horse's stall? Uh, 23% of the audience is extremely concerned, 17% mod- moderately. somewhat, 15% not concerned, and 25% uh, keep their horses outside and not in stalls. Um, Let's go on to our next question. Uh, Dr. Holcomb uh, Mara of of North Carolina is asking about her off-the-track thoroughbred mare who has trouble breathing when she's flexed at the pole. She works fine on a loose rein and her lungs are clear. We have another question along that same lines from Ray of Australia. who says, my warm blood has been diagnosed as a level 4 roarer. Would this affect his ability to fold at the pole, and his dressage work? Uh, so can we talk a little bit about uh, the horse's headset and their breathing problems? Sure. It's a very interesting area, and it's an area where we've, we've actually
2: done a bit of study. Um, it turns out, um, and you can, you can actually do this to yourself, if, if a horse flexes its head and neck, it is going to be harder for the horse to breathe. so And you can almost feel that. If you sort of tuck your chin in, it is a little harder. You have to work a little harder to breathe in. And that is because you have, in, you have some narrowing in your throat and the tissue, the horse has some narrowing in its throat. The tissues are not supported as well and the resistance to the airflow is increased. So even in a perfectly normal horse, it's going to be slightly harder for that horse to breathe when its head and neck is in a more flexed position. Now, if we add to that any type of airway problem in the upper airway, or even in the lungs, that's going to compound the difficulty that the horse will have when its head and neck is flexed. So some horses, as I think Ray is describing, can do very well if they have their head extended or even in a neutral position, and they also have a disease problem of the airway, such as being a roarer or having a laryngeal hemiplegia. And as soon as you, that horse perhaps is moving up in work or has to compete with its head and neck flex, then the horse is going to make noise and also have exercise intolerance. So any upper airway problem is going to be worse when the head and neck is flexed, whether it's a nasopharyngeal collapse or a mass lesion or a laryngeal problem like roaring. So Ray's horse, she describes this horse as a level four roar and what that means is the left side of the larynx is completely paralyzed. Sometimes there's partial paralysis, in this horse it is complete paralysis and indeed this would affect the horse's ability to exercise while it's flexed at the pole. And so this horse probably is going to require a, a surgery to improve its breathing, and that surgery is called a tieback procedure. So it, um, probably, Ray, if, if the horse needs to work with its head and neck in that flexed position, this horse may need to have some corrective surgery done.
0: Uh, Dr. Davis, we have a question from Debbie of Pendleton, Oregon. Uh, she says she thought her mare just wasn't in good shape when she first bought her, uh, but now she's still breathing heavily after every ride and better conditioning. Is there possibly an upper respiratory issue going on with this horse? Right. And um,
1: this is one of those situations where it sounds like she's doing a good job of trying to get her fit, but still having some difficulty. and so having a good evaluation done as far as physical exam, uh, evaluating the respiratory system, which would also include listening to um, the, the lower respiratory tract as well. Um, it, it sounds like um, this could be a problem of the respiratory tract in general though that actually may involve the lower respiratory tract without making a noise um, in and not actually having any distress. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit less Uh, typical of some of the other conditions that we've been talking about Um, but it does sound like a thorough evaluation which may include endoscopy of the upper respiratory tract but also evaluating what's going on with the lower respiratory tract as well um, because that could be causing some problems with exercise tolerance.
0: Okay, Uh, Dr. Holcomb Betty of uh, Pueblo, Colorado is wondering if roaring gets worse with age. Um, good question. Uh, if a horse is an, is a
2: younger horse, say a yearling, a year old, or even a two-year-old, sometimes we see horses that have partial paralysis. Most of these horses will progress to having complete paralysis. So I guess that would be a worsening of the condition with age. Um, the other thing that can happen is in more mature horses, horses in their teens, Um, Sometimes they are not as fit, or sometimes horses develop lung problems. Heaves is one such problem. And then simply because the horse has additional, uh, say, comorbidities or additional troubles breathing, it can make the roaring seem like it's getting worse. So if you have a horse that is a roarer and he's been fine, and as he's gotten older, it seems like it's changing, I would have your veterinarian evaluate that horse.
0: Uh, and Betty's also wondering if nasal strips can help with the roaring condition.
2: Oh, it's, a, it's an interesting question. So these flare nasal strips are the horse um, variety of the Breathe Right nasal strips, and they actually dilate a part of the nasal passage called the nasal valve. We did a little work with these, and we did show, and I was shocked that this was true that the nasal strip did improve airflow in the exercising horse. I, I, again, that was based on a measurement. I don't know if that would cl- be clinically true. It's not going to hurt. Um, you be- do, if you want to try them, you have to put them in a very specific spot on the nose. So it won't hurt the horse. Um, it, it's certainly possibly something you could try.
0: Okay. And and the last part of Betty's question is, does Rorian improve at lower elevations? So I,
2: I read this question, and I thought this was fascinating. I'm, um, I'm going to probably use this as a test question for my students, because it's really interesting. At lower elevations, um, horses compared to higher elevations, I guess what maybe one way to look at it is that higher elevations, horses, like people, are going to have to work a little harder to breathe because the oxygen content isn't as high. And so a horse that that is a roar might have a harder time at elevation. Once it acclimates, it might have an easier time when you move it to a lower elevation. So I thought that was a, that's a really interesting question.
0: Okay, Um, and we have a couple questions here about bidding, Uh, and Dr. Holcomb, I'll I'll toss these out to you. Uh, Beth of Michigan and Jackie of California are both asking about about bidding. And the first question is, how does a a misshaped epiglottis affect breathing and does this correlate with increased breathing difficulty with the bit in the mouth? Uh, Jackie's question is, why does my mare breathe so loudly when I use a bit in her? She doesn't do this when she's in a hack more. So it's,
2: it's interesting. Um, we can talk about the epiglottis first. Certainly some kinds of troubles with the epiglottis, if it's very, very short or deformed, or if the muscle that makes the epiglottis stay flat in the throat is not working correctly, it is possible that the epiglottis can actually cause some airway obstruction and those, that horse might make some noise. Um, one way again to find out if that is the f- it is the case is to have your veterinarian uh, look at the horse um, and do an endoscopic exam. And we're, we have talked about the endoscopic exam quite a bit. Horses are uh, very they're very kind about this exam. The scope is with either mild sedation or most of the time no sedation. We're able to just pass an endoscope up the horse's nose and get a very good look at the airway. And, that, and we can actually even do that when horses are exercising. So if you're concerned about the epiglottis, that might be something to consider doing is having the horse scoped or having an endoscopic exam performed. I don't exactly know why the bit would make the problem with the epiglottis worse. Um, but certainly it's a possibility because the bit in the horse's mouth does change, does change some of the mechanics of the throat. This isn't something that we know a lot about or have a lot of data, there are some people that think that when a horse has a bit in its mouth, sometimes it might be prone to certain airway obstructive problems. So it's very interesting um, that this next horse seems to do better with a hackamore. And I, I think I would. the horse is breathing quite loudly when she has a bit in her mouth. That's very interesting, and I don't—I'm not really sure why that would be. It would be again interesting to have the a bit in the horse's mouth and then have the horse scoped. If the horse goes better in a half or more, I would certainly use one. I think it's a—it's a very good idea. Okay. All right, one, uh, one final thing, I guess, is just make sure if the horse is having trouble with the bit, make sh- you can also have a good dental exam done and make sure that the bit fits well um, with the horse's dentition or teeth. Thank you.
0: Um, We've closed our second poll uh, that was asking, how harmful do you believe ammonia order is to your horse's health? Um, And 66% of the audience believe that that is very harmful to their horse's health. Uh, We have a question that came in from Samantha who's listening in live right now. I'm going to send this over to Dr. Davis. Samantha is saying that she had a horse who had a successful surgery for roaring, uh, but she was told that the horse should always be fed on the ground. She's wondering about trailering. Is it okay to feed the horse at chest level in the trailer?
1: Right. Well. It, it, after um, the, the surgical procedure for Roaring um, is referred to as tie-back surgery, and so after having the surgery performed, especially for the first few weeks, it's not uncommon um, that we have to be a little bit more careful with feeding and we really try to avoid any chance that they're going to have of uh, getting food material into their trachea or their windpipe um, because they could get a secondary pneumonia from that. and so. Um, the early recommendations are certainly to be careful with feeding and sometimes even to feed them off of the ground. Um, if there's any chronicity to the problem or long-term consequences that the horse continues to have problems, then sometimes we have to continue to modify how they are being fed. And so in this situation, if if the horse has had some problems, there have been recommendations that the horse be fed off of the ground, um, I would suspect that that was made because maybe there had been some mild aspiration of some of that food material entering into that trachea. And so um, the feeding while being transported, even in a horse that has a really well-functioning larynx and normal swallowing function, um, we still have the potential that they could aspirate a little bit. And so feeding during transport, there's always a little bit of a risk. And if this horse has any sort of compromise and um, isn't isn't able to swallow properly even in a stall, um, then I would say I would not recommend feeding on a trailer, um, certainly feeding before and taking breaks and letting them eat during the break times and have a drink of water, but it's probably best for that horse to not be eating in the trailer just to play it on the safe side so there's less of a chance for any aspiration.
0: Okay. Good. Thanks. Uh, Dr. Davis, I have another one for you. It's about a horse that sounds like uh, he is honking uh, like a goose when he inhales. It's from Charlene of Golden Valley, Arizona. Uh, Is this possibly an upper respiratory issue? Mm -hmm. Right, and so I bet that's pretty
1: alarming to hear that noise and especially when um, it's something that's pretty abnormal. And so um, when we hear that honking sound, What it indicates is that there's a change in airflow and it means that the airflow went from going in an area where there's plenty of room for that air to move through to an area where things are pretty narrow and constricted and there's a lot of what we call resistance to that airflow and so that is what is contributing to that sound. And so what is actually causing the sound, it could be an upper respiratory problem. Um, it could be that this horse has one of the problems we've been talking about a little bit, and the horse could have laryngeal paralysis, and it could be a roarer, and sometimes in quite severe cases we can't even have um, a severe noise even at rest associated with that. Um, certainly this is a problem with, um, it sounds like, on inspiration, so that's something that does make me worry a little bit about the upper respiratory tract, sometimes we can have inflammation or infection that involves the upper respiratory tract that causes some scarring um, of that area and that scarring can diminish the amount of room that allows for air to move and so that could contribute to to the creation of this honking sound. And then the other thing that we have to think about when we hear about the complaint of honking noises is whether there's a problem with the trachea. And um, it's a little bit more common sometimes in our miniature horse breeds, but it can happen in full-size horses as well. Um, But there could be tracheal tracheal collapse that's occurring that's accounting for that honking noise. And so um, I do think this horse needs to be evaluated. The upper respiratory tract does need to be evaluated. Again, I think endoscope would be quite helpful in assessing what's going on there and then also evaluating the trachea.
0: Uh, Dr. Holcomb, we have a question from Mary uh, from North Carolina, and she wants to know what would cause a horse to breathe loudly when his head is not held level, for example, when his head is down grazing?
2: This is is kind of an interesting question. It's not something that we hear about very often, um, but if the horse's head is down, I would wonder if maybe he has... There are a couple things it could be. If this horse is developing any nasal congestion, um, horses that have a syndrome called Horner's disease uh, will sometimes develop more nasal congestion when their head is down below the level of their heart, um, and they are not able to clear that congestion as well, so it might make this horse sound like he's a bit snorty there's a possibility this horse could have a nasal mass or a polyp that displaces a bit while his head is down and could cause the same thing. And then if this horse is a quarter horse and also and may have the syndrome, HYPP, it's possible that also might be a reason why this horse is making more noise when, while his head is down and while he's eating. So. It's, it's an, it would probably be good to have your vet out and evaluate the horse, watch the horse while he's eating, while he's grazing.
0: Okay, and uh, with that we've gone ahead and closed uh, our third poll of the evening and that's which, which of the following products do you regularly use to uh, manage ammonia in your barn and in your stalls? 30 uh, percent of you out there are using lime, uh, are using a brand name stall deodorizing product. 44% are using bedding, such as shavings or or wood pellets. 6% are using other products that aren't listed. And 24% aren't keeping their horses in their stalls or in stalls, and so they aren't, aren't dealing with ammonia in their stalls. Um, I, we have a question here for Dr. Davis from Julie of Alabama, and she is asking about coughing during exercise. How do you know the difference between coughing that's caused by a structural upper airway issue versus allergies? Right.
1: So this is a a good topic to bring up and um, something I think we may have touched on um, a time or two, but when we talk about conditions of the upper respiratory tract and the lower respiratory tract, um, sometimes we can have some characteristic clinical signs that tip us off a little bit on what region um, we believe to be affected. And so um, most commonly when we have a complaint of coughing, um, we are going to have some concern that the lower respiratory tract is going to be involved. And uh, sometimes that's because of an allergic condition, some inflammation, and certainly in a performance horse, that's something that we would, we would consider. Um, with that being said, it, it can be that we have problems of the upper respiratory tract. And again, going back to the swallowing issue, if we have an individual that is having any difficulty with swallowing or has any material that enters into the trachea, that could cause a little bit of irritation and certainly could result in that horse having a cough reflex because of that. Um, but when coughing is the primary complaint, uh, say especially with exercise, then I am a bit suspicious that, um, that we might be dealing with a lower respiratory uh, problem. And again, so sometimes that's going to be an allergic condition and at this time of year in many areas. Um, we certainly can see horses that have a little bit of a reactive lower airway. And when we're working those horses up, we might use some of the same diagnostic tools that we've talked about with some of our other um, with some of our other issues. So we want to look at a horse like this, we want to evaluate them with physical exam. Um, oftentimes we will go ahead and scope them. We, we certainly want to get a thorough evaluation of what's going on in that upper respiratory tract, But the other thing that the scope will allow us to do is also to look down that horse's trachea. And so we can get a good look and see whether there are any abnormalities and in particular even see if there is exudate or mucus accumulation in that trachea. And so when we're talking about conditions such as allergic airway diseases, um, we often do have mucus accumulation. And then based on that evaluation, we would make the decision on whether or not additional diagnostics are indicated so that we could better evaluate what's going on in that lower respiratory tract. Okay.
0: And we have a question that came in from, from the live audience. It's from Bob in Texas, and he'd like to know what percentage of chronic upper, air, upper respiratory disease is due to infection versus a, a non-infectious agent or a structural issue. Uh, Dr. Davis, do you want to respond to that?
1: Well, um, it, 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 it would relate a little bit to the age of the horse, what the horse does for a living, um, what are some of the clinical signs. And so I think that um, overall, respiratory disease in general is going to be one of the main reasons that we see horses that have problems with performance second to musculoskeletal conditions. So respiratory disease in general is a not uncommon complaint for horses having problems um, with with their performance and maintaining activity levels. But to break it down into structural versus infectious disease, it really, there are a lot of factors. Um, Certainly from um, my perspective as an internist, the majority of patients that I see, they have some level of um, infectious component and that's what we see them for as compared to what Dr. Holcomb uh, might see them for in terms of horses that are making a noise with performance, and so those would be structurally related. So, I'd say at least at least 50% of the horses that we're looking at that have problems are going to have some infectious component associated
2: with them. Dr. Holcomb? Yeah, I, I think it's it's an interesting way to pose the question um, because especially some of the horses in Texas, I know that. That they're in the Panhandle area, they are a bit more. We see we see more horses that have the cicatrix formation that happens in the pharynx. Um, then it's, it's still a little unclear always why that happens, um, but that is that is a me- mechanical issue. There also there are a lot of these dynamic mechanical problems that occur: um, dorsal displacement of the soft palate, nasopharyngeal collapse. Um, epiglottic issues, other tissues that collapse that we do treat surgically that we wonder if some of the origin of that problem was originally infectious disease and inflammatory disease. So it's not, sometimes it's a little bit murky. Sometimes horses can develop pharyngeal inflammation or pharyngitis and then later develop some of these collapsing diseases that are are caused by mechanical problems because the muscles are not working correctly, but indeed, there can be a connection.
0: Interesting. Um, And we have another question that's come in. And I'm going to give this to you, Dr. Holcomb. It's from Kim in South Carolina. And she has a nine-year-old quarter horse mare that she purchased just a few months ago. Uh, When riding, usually when she's going downhill walking, the horse moans and hums. Kim says she's never heard a sound like this before from a horse, and she's wondering if it could be a sign of a bigger respiratory problem. Gosh, that's interesting. So she
2: hums or moans as she's going downhill. And I, th- that actually makes me wonder if she may even have a musculoskeletal issue um, more than an airway issue, although you know, Kim probably would be able to detect the difference I'm wondering if she's vocalizing. If there's, if that's a pain response. Um, we don't usually hear horses moan so much when they have airway troubles. It's usually more of a snoring sound or a rattling sound or a gurgling kind of sound. Um, so I, I guess I, I don't know what you think, Dr. Davis. I'd I'd wonder, I'd wonder maybe a little bit more about back or sacroiliac or our pelvic pain. What I don't. I'm not, I'm not absolutely certain. Yeah. Uh, Dr. I, Dr. I com- Davis?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. As soon as I heard that humming, I thought, you know, it does sound like there's, there's some pain component to it or some sign of a little bit of distress, um, but not really consistent with what we typically see with respiratory disease. So evaluating for those other areas may be a little bit less, immediately obvious problems but something that might be causing her a little discomfort when she's in that position going down the hill.
2: Yeah, especially, sorry this is uh, Sue Holcomb again, especially if the horse isn't making noise, that kind of noise, when she say gallops or works at the canter on the flat. It would be a little unusual for the horse to only make an airway noise while she's going downhill. Okay.
0: Dr. Davis, we have a question for you uh, from Wayne, who's joining us from Australia. And he wants to know if horses are more likely to catch an upper respiratory virus or infection uh, if they aren't blanketed properly during bad weather. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Right. And so, you know, I think it's important to think about horses just like we think about other species as far as their susceptibility to infectious disease. And so when we have anything that causes a change in the immune system, then we can become susceptible to infectious disease. And so um, that's, that's probably the number one uh, consideration here. And so when I think about horses and blanketing, Um, Certainly if a horse is not accustomed to colder weather or they've been body clipped and then they're out in colder weather, um, that certainly could shock their system a little bit and cause immune suppression. And if they are exposed to a respiratory pathogen at that time, and in particular, a respiratory virus, um, then they might be more susceptible to picking that up. And so those would be situations where I would say, yes, they are gonna be a little bit more susceptible. But with that being said, Horses are are pretty hardy creatures, and so if they are in an environment where they are accustomed to adverse weather conditions and they have at least shelter to get out of rain and wind and snow and those sorts of things, um, they've got a good winter coat, um, they don't necessarily have to be blanketed to prevent them from developing infectious disease. It really has to do with what they're accustomed to and um, trying to avoid stress that would cause depression of their normal immune function. Okay.
0: So we've had a question come in from Hope who's listening live and she is saying that her horse has breathing problems that are from allergies Uh, she's worked to improve his environment so that it is only seasonal and they put him in an area stall, they wetted down their hay. Uh, He doesn't have any discharge except for during his allergy season but if he gets excited on the lunge line or in turnout or when he's exercising, he'll get a bloody nose. The bleeding stops. Just quickly she says he's been evaluated and nothing critical was found is there anything hope can do to help her horse with his breathing and help not have the bleeding when he's working uh, which one of you would like to answer that
1: i i'd be happy to um i'd be happy to comment on it and okay to, um So from an allergic airway standpoint, um, we do deal with a lot of allergic issues in horses, and so they have increased inflammation of their lower respiratory tract. And um, so it sounds like um, Hope has good management of the horse as far as identifying what some of those triggers are, and sometimes we even have to use medications in addition to um, environmental changes that are going to reduce exposure to these allergens, um, but but as far as the hemorrhage that she's seeing, or um, what I would refer to as epistaxis, um, that's a little bit atypical of just our standard run of the mill inflammatory airway disease or even uh, recurrent airway obstruction or heaves, and yet um, with that being said, we do know that horses that have lower airway inflammation that um, are, are worked at um, at exertion, um, such as race horses or horses that gallop, barrel horse or otherwise type race horses, that they might have exercise-induced pulmonary hemorrhage at an increased rate um, than the normal individual. So pulmonary inflammation can um, put them at a higher risk for bleeding. And so, I guess that is something that I would um, I would consider for this horse that when they get worked up, when they're working a little bit harder those are the periods where she sees a little bit of this um, hemorrhage, but it sounds like it's pretty low grade. And if that is the scenario, then I would I would consider in addition to some of these environmental changes, at times and strategically um, the consideration for maybe some medication that might further uh, reduce uh, that pulmonary inflammation or to at least better assess is the pulmonary inflammation resolved um, and is that putting the horse at risk uh, for the bleeding, but with that being said, I will say it, it is an uncommon scenario i 'm glad to hear that um, she 's had him evaluated, and that there 's not anything more serious going on because there are all, all sorts of reasons that horses can um, demonstrate epistaxis or hemorrhage that she describes dr Holcomb
2: yeah that's really that's kind of interesting and 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 a very uh, unique kind of um, I guess, side effect of, of an allergy. I would... I'm so glad that your veterinarian has indeed evaluated your horse. I just want to make sure that the horse doesn't have any lesions or fungal plaques in its guttural pouch, or which I, I doubt it will, or any um, any scarring or even little aneurysm in, in the nasal passage um, from the allergy, which can happen sometimes, or something called an ethmoid hematoma, which is a mass that forms in the ethmoid region, which is a region of the nose. And then um, sort of oddball things that can happen, especially if the horse has been on different medications for allergies, maybe make sure that your vet checks the platelet count. We just had a horse in the hospital recently that um, had had intermittent bleeding from her nose for three months, and indeed she had a very, very low platelet count, and that is a rare thing, but it can happen in horses, and then just, I guess, atrial fibrillation. Mm -hmm. If your vet evaluated your horse, I'm sure your horse's heart is fine, but that's kind of interesting. That's not Mm -hmm. something that we, we, that's quite atypical.
0: Um, and we have a question from Samir, who's joining us from South Africa. And Samir wants to know, does the equine flu vaccine increase immunity against upper respiratory disease? Dr. Davis, do you want to respond to that?
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, so we're fortunate. There are a lot of vaccines that are on the market, and um, they are designed to protect against a variety of different um, infectious pathogens that can cause respiratory disease in horses. And so. I would say specifically those vaccines that are labeled for protection against equine influenza will certainly and are intended to protect against that virus. And so the answer to the question is that an influenza vaccine in general will do a good job protecting against influenza, um, but this doesn't mean that an influenza vaccine is going to protect against all respiratory pathogens. And so that's why we often have to use uh, what we refer to as the multivalent vaccines, or the vaccines that are going to protect against a variety of different pathogens, other examples being things like equine herpes virus type 1 and 4, which also can cause respiratory disease, and uh, so we also want to vaccinate against those as well. Okay.
0: Okay, so getting into diagnostics and treatments of of these upper airway issues, uh, we have a question for Dr. Holcomb, it's from Claudia of Willis, Texas, and she'd like to know more about displaced palate issues and racehorses. Are there any non-surgery treatment options? How can you help a racehorse overcome these issues and continue his career?
2: Yeah, so great question. Dorsal displacement of a soft palate is one of those upper airway obstructive problems that can cause horses to make a loud rattling noise when they exhale and it can lead to exercise intolerance. Most of these horses are completely normal at rest and it's just during intense exercise um, that the palate will displace and cause this obstruction. Um, race horses are more prone to this disease because they are going to exercise probably the most intensely. They go the fastest. The other thing is they're young horses and we do see this syndrome in younger horses. So when you ask about non-surgery treatments, especially if this is something that's happening in a two-year-old or a very early three-year-old, sometimes these horses, especially if the horse has ever had any uh, just the flu perhaps that's gone through the barn, sometimes these horses will respond to anti-inflammatory therapy and will put these horses Your veterinarian, in consult with your veterinarian, will treat these horses with some rest and some corticosteroids for a period of time. It can be nebulized. It can be given systemically, and that can be helpful. Sometimes horses just changing the tack, changing the noseband, can be helpful. Um, Some horses do well in a piece of equipment called a Cornell collar. It was made at Cornell University. It actually moves the larynx forward. It holds it in a different position. Um, and some horses do well with that. Not all racing jurisdictions allow that equipment to be used. Um, the probably, I know you're asking about non-surgical treatments. Um, and so other than tack changes and anti-inflammatories, and also just increasing the horse's fitness, um, the, the next thing to consider really is is surgery, and right now the best surgical procedure prob- to treat these horses is something that was developed at Cornell University, it's called the tie forward procedure and it does have the best data to support it. Um, but it's, it's a, it is a tough problem because we really don't at this stage know what causes it. Okay.
0: We have a question that's come in from our live audience uh, from Lori, Dr. Davis, I'm mean, going to toss this one to you. Uh, she would like to know if there's any way besides scoping your horse to try to diagnose what's wrong with uh, the horse's respiratory tract. She says she's had her horse scoped twice and both times the scope came out clear. What else, what other options are there for her?
1: Right. Well. Um, having a little bit more information on what the problem that she's having with her horse um, uh, would be helpful. So some of the things that come to mind and some of the conditions that we've been talking about today um, would, would involve things like if it is that the horse is having um, problems with their upper airway in terms of making a noise or poor performance, um, sometimes at rest endoscopy can reveal normal findings. So we don't find any pathology, but the horse needs to be evaluated when it's exercising to actually identify um, what problems exist. And so sometimes that can be done on a treadmill. Um, There are are scopes that are used even um, on horses when they're being ridden. And so different veterinarians have access to different pieces of equipment, but that might be a consideration uh, particularly if there is a suspicion that this is an upper airway condition. Okay.
0: Um, and our next question is for Dr. Holcomb. Shannon uh, of Camp Verde, Arizona, is wondering what the most common diagnostic mistakes are regarding the upper respiratory tract of the horse. Uh, do you have a, a response for that? Oh, um,
2: Well, it's, it's interesting, and I think I will probably echo... Um, what Dr. Davis was just talking about, and that is for a long time, many of us would try to make a diagnosis of an upper respiratory tract problem based on the history, the noise the horse made, when the horse made the noise, and then the examination at rest, as well as a thorough physical examination of the horse. And what we know now is there are a plethora of problems that have the same history, and that is my horse makes a noise and he is not performing well. And we now know that we really need to watch that horse's airway, airway while it is exercising. And so I think now we are all learning the importance of exercising endoscopy to actually find out what the problem is. And there, are, you know, there are sometimes other things that can be very helpful. Um, ultrasounding the airway, specifically the larynx, can give you information. Um, but I think one of the most important things is watching the horse's throat while it exercises. This can be done on a treadmill, or there's some wonderful new technology where horses can actually be scoped while they're working in an arena or. Uh, running or pacing on a racetrack and it's a telemetric endoscope.
0: Uh, We have another question about post-surgery, post-tieback surgery for Roaring. Uh, what, What are the likely side effects of that surgery?
2: Yeah, so when we do the tie-back surgery for roaring, what we're doing is taking that one side of the larynx, and it's usually the left side that is not working correctly, that is collapsing when the horse exercises, and we are tying it permanently open. So that's great when the horse needs to exercise. It will have a bigger airway for breathing. The problem is that part of the larynx is supposed to normally close when the horse swallows. So we've removed some of the protection of the airway, and that is why the most common complication after tieback surgery is coughing. It is why, um, as Dr. Davis mentioned earlier, many of these horses are fed on the ground so that they can help, it will help protect their airway, um, and so coughing and trouble swallowing, those are the most common complications.
0: And so, Dr. Davis, Brittany of Farmington, Utah, wants to know the best way to handle a horse that is coughing post-roaring surgery. We've mentioned feeding on the ground, are there any other uh, things that she can do to help her horse out?
1: Right. So again, it's not uncommon that they'll do it for a little while after surgery, but if it's going on for any length of time, it is a little bit concerning. And so, yes, feeding them on the ground is going to be important. Um, but but sometimes, especially if they haven't been reevaluated, having them reevaluated to see if there's anything um, else that's going on, or perhaps even if there was a problem from the surgery itself. And so um, the things that could also occur um, with a horse that has had some aspiration, so they're not swallowing properly, they have some food material, they can even develop things like low-grade pneumonia. Um, And so they could have other problems affecting their lower respiratory tract that's accounting for that coughing. Um, And so I would say, yes, there are strategies to handle that. But before we just assume that, well, he's just aspirating a little bit, sometimes it is valuable to get them evaluated, make sure nothing else is going on, we've done everything we can, and um, if everything else about the surgery is satisfactory, then to say, well, the best thing for this horse is to feed them off the ground. Okay,
0: and we have a question that came in from Carol, who's listening live, and she says her horse has been diagnosed as a grade 4 roarer. Uh, she had one surgeon recommend a, and you'll have to forgive my pronunciation if I get it wrong, a ventriloquedectomy. Ventrilo- 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 Thank yeah. you, that one. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank okay. you very much, Dr. Holcomb. And another one recommended tie back. Uh, is there a difference between one surgery and is either one preferable for a grade 4 Sure. So
2: um, this is Sue Holcomb. I'll, I'll, I'll just touch on that. Um, they tie back, sometimes we do both procedures. And we do both procedures in horses because it does maximize the airway. In many draft horses and in some show horses that the noise is the biggest problem, we will only do the ventricular cordectomy. And that can even be, that's usually done in the standing horse, it can be done in the standing horse, so that it's less expensive, it eliminates general anesthesia, and it also um, eliminates some of the problems with coughing and aspiration of food. So sometimes it's safer. So you could do that first, especially if your horse is making noise and you're not, if the horse isn't that exercise intolerant and he's working at a lower level, say a show hunter, if the horse, however, is working at higher levels, if it's a jumper, an event horse, or a dressage horse that's at one of the upper levels and has to work in a specific um, conformation or a head and neck position and under with a lot of collection, you may at some point need to then add the tie back. Um, so depending on what the horse does for a living, Um, There's nothing wrong with staging those surgeries. Your horse might be fine with the ventricular cordectomy, and later you may find you need to do the tie back.
0: Okay, thank you. And that last poll that we we posted uh, asking which of the following stall deodorizers have you used in your your barn or your stalls in the past. Uh, we had 12% using stall dry, 22% using sweet PDZ, 2% odor no more, 3% stall clean and 60% uh, either an other product or they haven't used any products for they're stall deodorizing. Uh, we are at the end of our time tonight. I want to thank everyone for listening and joining us. Thank you for your great questions that you submitted before, during registration, and then also during our presentation. I want to thank you, uh, both Dr. Davis and Dr. Holcomb. Thank you very much for, for taking the time to join us and for all of your great answers to these questions. And Thank you to everyone who logged in live. If you want to listen again, or if you know someone who missed tonight's live presentation, we will be archiving this audio on thehorse.com. You can look for that in the coming days. Um, And we also have some other really great resources about upper respiratory uh, disorders on thehorse.com. Just go ahead and do a search for that. Uh, We invite you to look and read those. Thanks again for joining us. And good night, everyone.